This month, our podcast is brought to you by Jay Brooks Coffee Roasters in Memphis, Tennessee. You know by now how much I love coffee, and Jay Brooks has a special place in my heart. True North is their original signature blend. Its name points to Jesus Christ, who they say is the real owner of this company. The name reminds us that we are guided by unwavering integrity and clarity of purpose directed by our Lord. The name derives from the world of orienteering, finding your way across terrain with a map and a compass. In order to stay on course and avoid getting lost, the compass must remain oriented toward true north to avoid getting off track by the pull of the compass toward magnetic north. When trekking in the backcountry, the alignment of the compass with true north must be regularly calibrated multiple times along the path in order to stay on course. Did you know that? I love learning new things. Just as the pull of magnetic north can get a hiker off track and eventually lost, so the pull of the world can also affect each one of us. If we're not careful to constantly calibrate ourselves, our spirits, ethics, morals, decisions, with our perfect standard in Jesus, we'll slowly but surely lose our way and end up somewhere we don't want to be. It's in these moments when it's especially important to create some breathing room and ask, how's all that working for you? Jaybrook's Coffee Roasters offers True North as a perfectly balanced cup that reminds us to remain centered in the one who is perfect to orient our lives every day. And hopefully we'll savor a cup that infuses a bit of tasty delight along the way. To order this signature blend for yourself and learn more about Jay Brooks, click the link in the show notes or visit jbrookscoffeeroasters.com. That's the letter J, brookscoffeeroasters.com. You are officially invited to create some breathing room. This is the absolute best podcast to find the strategies, resources, and motivation you need to stop drowning in overwhelm break free from hustle culture, and live out your God-given purpose. I'm your host, Rachel Baker, and girl, I've been there, done that. It is my God-given purpose to help you find space for an intentional life so you can confidently live in those strengths, skills, and passions that light you up and serve others. I know you are ready to create some breathing room, so let's do it together. Hey, welcome to episode two of Create Some Breathing Room. This episode is our very first guest interview, and I am so excited for you guys to hear this. I had an amazing time chatting it up with Mary Morantz. Mary Morantz, you guys, what even is my life? Okay, just in case there's somebody who does not know who Mary is. Let me give you a quick rundown. So Mary Morantz grew up in a trailer in rural West Virginia. She was the first of her immediate family to go to college. She went on to earn a master's degree in moral philosophy and a law degree from Yale. After turning down six-figure salary law firm offers in London and New York and starting a photography business with her husband, Justin, where, by the way, they were later named one of the prestigious Profoto Legends of Light, side note. They've since gone on to build a successful online education platform for thousands of creative entrepreneurs worldwide. They're basically rock stars. Mary is the best-selling author of Dirt, which was a finalist for the 2020 ECPA Memoir of the Year. It's beautiful. Please go get it and read it immediately. Also, the author of Slow Growth Equals Strong Roots, which we're going to be talking about quite a bit today. But Mary's also the host of a highly ranked podcast, The Mary Morantz Show, which debuted in the iTunes Top 200. 
like I said, rock star. Her work has been featured on CNN, MSN, Business Insider, Bustle, Thrive Global, Southern Living, Hallmark Home and Family, and more. You know, it just goes on. She and Justin live in an 1880s fixer-upper by the sea in New Haven, Connecticut, with their very fluffy golden retrievers, Goodspeed and Atticus. If that's not enough and you just really want to dive deep, you can learn more at marymarantz.com. That's M-A-R-Y-M-A-R-A-N-T-Z dot com. You guys, this conversation today is just dripping with gold. We had such a good chat. We are diving deep into how to manage your capacity, what that looks like, uh, how we try to achieve and overfill our schedules, how to not do that. And we're going to hear from Mary personally on what this looks like for her and her busy, crazy life and all these things that we just talked about that she has going on. So, Do not miss this one. I'll see you inside. Let's hear a good word from Mary Morantz. Hello, Mary. Welcome. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you are here today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I mean, listen, I got to be in the first imagination of the show. Oh my word. It, it you guys. happened at my, in part at my kitchen island. So that's right. Mary honor. has been all up in my business, helping, <laughs> helping me plan all the business. Um, so I'm just so excited that we are able to connect again today and dive into some of these ideas of how we manage capacity. And just as women, who are doing all the things, wearing all the hats, you have written a book that I think speaks so well to this. And I want to get into that. But first, before we jump in, I did a little intro, but tell people, who who are you, Mary? The existential <laughs> question, right? Who are you? Oh, man. It, it depends on how long you want your show to go, but I'll try to, I'll try to give the elevator version. Um, I think the most important sort of like movie trailer elevator pitch version of this to know is I grew up in a single wide trailer in the 80s um, in very rural West Virginia. My dad's a logger. My mom cleaned houses. First in my family to go to college, I end up going on to Yale for law school, which is like Willy Wonka's golden ticket right? Amazing <laughs> in terms of uh, law degrees. And, you know, finished three years of law school, graduated law school, and had two offers at law firms in London and New York. Six-figure offers plus bonuses plus moving, you know, benefits, things like that. Turned them down to become a wedding photographer with my husband, Justin. As which one is a very does. expensive way to become a wedding photographer, I can tell you. Um, but we were looking down these sort of two diverging paths. One where we would, I would be, you know, 100 hours a week at the law firm, there was a competition of who had slept under their desk the most that week um, versus building something together. And we chose together. We chose the option that would give us the most time to spend our lives together because we actually really like each other. Amazing. Um, Yeah. And so that was uh, 2006. So I'm like trying to do that math. What is that? Like um, 17 years ago, I guess. Something like that. It doesn't seem like it should be that long ago, though. 16 years ago, math is really hard. Um, a, a while ago, a while ago. And uh, we went full time in our photography business that fall. Uh, turned in my last paper for law school that was due one night. And we went to our first photography conference the next day. And 
we have been doing that since then. We've um, pivoted more into editorial photography and we have online courses for photographers and creatives. We have thousands of people in our online platforms. And then in 2019, just as that was like hitting the height and and in a really, you know, all of our boxes and dreams were being checked for that business, it seemed like the really good time to pivot again. And I signed a five book deal to become an author and start all over as a, a beginner in a brand new industry. And so that's been what I've been up to the last three, almost four years, that and a podcast called The Mary Morant Show. Yes. So, and we're so thankful. I mean, so thankful. So um, we're going to make sure all books, links, everything are shared so people can find all of that. Um, Your first book that you did, Dirt, was so beautiful, just talking through going through the hard and the muddy and the coming out of that and just who that makes you as a person and how to keep going through. That was beautiful. And then the next one um, that I really want to get into today, slow growth equals strong roots um, is beautiful. And I love this idea of slow growth. It is so opposite to our hustle culture right now, right? Yeah. And within that whole hustle culture, what I have found with a lot of my clients, a lot of the coaching I do is we feel this need to go and do and go and do and go and just fill up until our cups runneth over and we can't fit it all in and we feel like Mm. crazy people. And so this month, the season on the podcast, we're talking about this idea of capacity. And, you know, we know what that looks like when you talk about volume and measuring and things, but in your own life, what that looks like capacity. And so when we look at this book and this idea of slow growth and how that can impact your personal capacity, I'd love to hear from you on the value you have found with those two, how they're related and just that value in slow growth, how it applies to that personal capacity. Yeah. Well, first of all, I love so much that that's the theme um, for this first month. And I love that um, you're just really like focusing in on that word capacity in particular, because you don't know this, but that is one of the defining words of my year. When I would, I don't even think it's not even like, oh, it's my word of the year, which is great. Um, it's, it's so much more than that. Cause it's like a deep, badge of healing for me. Mm -hmm. Let me kind of explain that. So um, I was actually had her on my podcast, um, Dr. Allison Cook, and a few months ago, and she has a new book called The Best of You that's out. And there's this part in there where she's talking about for those of us who grew up a certain way, and it feels like that environment never felt like stability or Mm. security, you know, whether that's you just didn't grow up with a lot, or there was just, it was like a you know, volatile home or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. She said, those of us who grew up that way, we can become adults who have to go through some reparenting if we're going to stop kind of a self-sabotage cycle. And she said, think about it this way. Actually, I had seen like a different meme that I brought up in that episode um, on Facebook. And it was talking about if you have the capacity of a shot glass, meaning this, and I'm going to define capacity in this way, self-trust. This is what I think I'm capable of stewarding well, of handling well. If you think you have the capacity to handle things that's about the size of a shot glass, then anytime your life starts to overflow with abundance beyond that, you will unintentionally and subconsciously self-sabotage 
to bring it back within to fit within that shot glass because you just don't think you can be trusted with it. And it was talking about we need to become like infinity pools of capacity. <laughs> and I don't necessarily, we'll get into some like nuance and depth here in terms of what to embrace about your capacity and what to expand. But it's really truly been changing me from the inside out because what Allison said in that episode is the way, the only way forward to change how we think of our own capacity is by sitting, setting small but important commitments to ourselves and keeping them. And she said, what we're doing is we're training ourselves to say, there is an adult in the room you can trust. That adult is you. Love that. And it's, that. I mean, it's just rocking my whole world. Yeah. So the fact that this is on capacity, I am here for it. Yeah. Well, and I love that additional spin on this idea of capacity because a lot of times when we talk about it, we talk about like how much you can handle like all the things we're trying to do. But I love that idea. Like our capacity also includes that capacity for the good, for mm. the benefits, the abundance, as you mentioned. And, and again, there is, there are limits for both of those. Um, which one do we want to increase, you know, that infinity pool idea? And which one do we want to limit? Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important to think of both sides of that. So I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. You know, I wrote an Instagram caption uh, not too long ago that I imagine will end up in a book somewhere at some point because it was, I was like, well, I like that one. Um, and it was just talking about this idea of like, some of us have spent our adult lives feeling a little bit like it's taken a little bit longer or we're a little bit behind mm. because some of us have secretly, even without us maybe even realizing it, been worried about who we become if we're people who have more. Mm. So it was more eloquent than that in the caption, but it, the point was for those of us who didn't grow up with a lot, there's a fear of failure, sure, but there's also a very real, equally, if not bigger fear of success, because somewhere along the line, we got the message that more would be our undoing. Right. Like, what do you do with it? Yeah. Or you'll just become a bad, you'll, you'll become one of these rich people who are bad people. Cause that's yes. the message I got growing up is that there are good people and there are rich people. And yeah. not the same. Right. So it's been a lot, you know, a lot of work unraveling those relationships to money. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Um, there's a book, uh, good money that I was looking at the other day. And I love that idea. You know, like you've said, if you come from scarcity, that scarcity mindset, you do not come at money thinking I can do so much good with so much more, right? It's if I have too much, I will be corrupted. That's right. And I would say that for a lot of people listening, maybe like it's not money that you're hanging up, but maybe it's you secretly self-sabotage because you're afraid that there might come a day when you do get a lot of eyes on what you're writing or what you're creating or what you're putting out there. Like you're equally frustrated. Why is nobody seeing this? Why does nobody care? But there's also a fear of like, oh man, if, what if this did go viral? What if I did wake up and suddenly everybody was reading it or talking about it? Because what that means is inevitably in your head is more eyes equals more critics more chances to be hurt, more chances to be publicly embarrassed. So a lot of us are playing small, even though it goes against everything we think we want and dream of because more equals pain, you know, more equals embarrassment, more equals hurt. 
Yes. Or if it's, and if it's a moral thing as well, I've thought and heard, you know, more eyes, more critics, but more pride, Mm. right? If you are heard and seen more, that pride aspect kicks in. And then who am I? You know, there's a lot. There's, why do we do this to ourselves, Mary? This is ridiculous. (laughs) All right. So we're going to talk about this idea of capacity, this slow growth in your book. Um, slow growth equals strong roots. You have these five types of women that you talk about. And I want to, is it okay? I just want to name those real quick. So everybody here, there's a quiz and it's so fun. Just one of those quick fun. I love these that you can go and it's, what is your achiever type? And I think as we're talking about capacity, a big piece of that as we overflow is we're trying to achieve. Right. And so what does that look like for you? So there's the performer, the tightrope walker, the contortionist, which raising my hand here for that one, <laughs> recovering contortionist in the room, uh, <laughs> the masquerader and the illusionist in the distance. That's right. Yeah. So now I, I got to ask, like, I'm claiming the contortionist role. Where do you fall in there, Mary? Yeah, I am 100% the performer. So I'll just kind of like describe them a little bit. Yes, please. Um, The quiz. So so I wrote the book first. I wrote Slow Growth Equals Strong Roots first. And what was happening in that book is I was writing these descriptions, these very lyrical, metaphorical, um, vivid images of the different ways I felt trying to achieve my way into worth. And what ended up happening is when it came time to design the book, because it's a photo book, it's very design heavy, lots of typography. Oh, it's beautiful. It's it's a work of art. It's Thank beautiful. Um, one of the things I realized, because we were originally going to have a totally different design, but one of the things I realized is that as photographers, Justin and I had done a series of editorial photos for ourselves, never shared them anywhere except for like three photos on Instagram. We just needed to do something because we were burnout and we wanted to create without being obligated to anybody else. And we did these like five uh, different shoots, a ballerina in New Haven, and then four looks in Venice, Italy, that I started to realize actually lined up perfectly with these characters we've just mentioned. And the cool thing, Rachel, is that the same model was in all of the shoots. And so I say that we these are the these different yet somehow the same of the one who's always performing. And and in this case, it's literally true. She is all of them. And so the performer is the one who's always on their toes. You know, we took that and I started to say, could it actually be like a, a somewhat scientific quiz? And so we based it on a matrix of how goals make you feel about yourself and how goals make other people see you. Are you driven by those? And so the performer wants to do stuff achieve goals because it changes how she thinks about herself, but also to show other people how far she's come. And so that's me a hundred percent. Yeah. The tightrope walker could care less who's clapping, but they live for higher and higher highs. They really want to push the dopamine adrenaline limit. The contortionist is not particularly driven by goals herself, but she does it because she wants to make other people love and accept and be pleased with her. Mm-hmm. The masquerader is terrified of letting both herself and other people down. So she hides in plain sight And the illusionist is kind of like a subversion of the no, no, I'm not driven myself and I don't want to, you know, let other people down or change how they think about me. The illusionist says, I can't even think about that until everything is perfect. And so if you go to achieverquiz.com, A-C-H-I-E, 
berquiz.com. You can take it. It takes about two minutes and it'll tell you your type, that type strength, where you get tripped up, get stuck and how you move forward with purpose. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. The quiz itself is fun. The imagery is beautiful. The book, all the photographs that you guys have compiled in there and just your words, of course, always are just beautiful. So it's a, it's a, enjoyable, pleasurable book to go through and read through. But there's so much content around this idea of not having to work so hard, achieve so much, move so fast, you know, run out of the gate to be who you are, right? Or who you're working to be, right? Um, And so I just want to talk within this conversation of how we do try to fit in so much to grow so quickly, be accepted. And there's this one piece. Am I allowed to read from this book, yeah, Mary? I would oh love my that. goodness. Okay. So there is um on it's page 56 is where it starts. And one of my favorite lines comes out of this section because we t- you're talking about um all that we think we have to do in order to call ourselves successful, right? And this is all internal thoughts. So you say, we see a friend or a stranger on the internet do A, let's say start a business. And then we see some other person we know do B, maybe start building their dream house. And then we see that person we've looked up to for years post about doing C. Perhaps it's taking that dream vacation we've always wanted to go on or getting a brand new kitchen that looks like it could have been ripped directly from our kitchen dreaming Pinterest board. (laughs) And then our brain does this really tricky sleight of hand. And this is Rachel's side note. This, my like brain exploded when I read this next paragraph (laughs) because it's so true. So Mary says, even though we saw one person do A and another person do B and still another person do C somewhere in our heads, it becomes okay. So in order to be successful, I must do all three A, B, and C. In other words, we build up those three separate mere mortals in our own minds, assemble them into some sort of greater than the sum of their parts transformer. It's my favorite, Mary. Mm. This Decepticon of success. What? (laughs) I loved that one. I had to fight for that one during copy editing. (laughs) I'm glad you did because it speaks to my soul, my nerdy Transformers (laughs) loving soul this Decepticon of success that none of us could ever live up to because we're giving each of them credit for three things. In reality, they've only, they've done only one. Yeah, That's that's beautiful. I think so many people don't even realize they're doing it. That's right. Yes. And so within this conversation of capacity and how we fill our, the need to do all these things, I just, I'd love to hear from you a little more on that idea. Oh man, I have so much to say on this. This is the stuff that's coming up immediately and we can, I'll throw all this out there and then we can dig in even deeper. Um, I do a lot of coaching now. I get a lot of people right in front of me and I, I hear them and I hear this urgency. You can almost feel their heart start to race as they're listing all the things. Should we just, should we get that done this week? Like, should we just, oh, but I gotta, you know, I gotta make sure I do that too. And like, we got, oh, we gotta get that out fast. We gotta get that out by that conference. And 
um, there's another part in Slow Growth where I talk about these lake mead fish um, that Justin and I, for real, in real life, saw. We had gone to that first photo conference I was just talking about. It was in California. We decided to drive out into um, the desert, into Nevada and onto Arizona or Arizona, Nevada. I forget which way, that, which comes from. Um, geography. geography. Yeah. <laughs> But we were going to the desert is the point. And we needed wide open spaces and some wind in my hair. And we pulled off at Lake Mead to stretch our legs. And there are these fish hatcheries. You're walking down a sidewalk and it gives way to floating dock. And suddenly there's the water's just churning at your feet with all these gray, gaping, gulping mouths, like screaming out at you in silence, begging for a piece of the crumbs. You know, they're pushing each other under just to get this share of the crumbs. And behind them is this gigantic lake, this vast expanse of freedom that if they would only, this, these wild things in captivity, if they would only turn around, freedom is at their back. And I did, you know, I talked about this in the book and recently uh, on Instagram, this idea of kindergarten basketball, wherever the ball goes, we have to chase it. We don't even stop to think of that's our role or our zone or where we should be standing in our power. It's just chase the ball. That's what everyone's doing. And um, when I coach these women, I have such deep empathy for them because I hear my myself, both a younger version of myself in business. And then honestly, like full disclosure at times now as an author, where whatever you're doing, there's this imaginary, not even imaginary, just invisible floating above all our heads checklist of what it looks like to arrive somewhere to then be like worthy to stand in some circles or stand on some stages or be taken seriously as a peer by someone you look up to. Mm-hmm. And here's what I will say to that. Um, earlier last year, I crossed a huge bucket list item off of my bucket list, as it were, um, which was I got the huge honor of getting to go back to my alma mater, my undergrad alma mater of WVU and be the homecoming parade marshal and ride on a Corvette. It was like a, not a Corvette, a BMW convertible and go on the field at halftime and receive an award. And they read all these accolades over the loudspeaker, like, you know, huge sea of blue and gold looking up. I mean, like bucket list moment. And like, I'm going to say it was like yesterday or maybe the day before I was sitting here and I felt this ache in my chest that it was over. Like it's, we, we forget that we get into such a rush to get somewhere that as soon as it happens, you miss it. Mm. You miss the anticipation of it. You miss the dreaming of it. You you miss like thinking what that would be like. And that's not to say like, it's not a scarcity comment that there won't be other really beautiful things and other beautiful things at WVU. I got my eye on some other ones. Yeah. Graduation. I'm coming for you. Um, but it really like made me go, man, we don't think about that in this great rush to get somewhere. We forget that when we've done it and we've marked it off and it's over, we'll miss it. We'll miss Mm -hmm. wishing for it. I see you over there. You're constantly doing all the things for everyone else, but when do you have time to breathe and take care of yourself? God did not create you to be an afterthought, sis. It's time to refill your cup so that you can keep pouring into others without running on empty. I'm hosting a three-night, two-day retreat for women who struggle with constant exhaustion, feeling overwhelmed, never feeling caught up, and wishing they could just escape for a hot second. I want you to click the link in the show notes, or you can head over to racheldbaker.com to join the waitlist for the Renewal Retreat. 
Be the first to get the details for our next retreat so you can rest, recharge, and find refuge with other women who totally get it. You can't truly invest in others until you've invested in yourself. So click that link in the show notes or head over to racheldbaker.com and join the waitlist for the renewal retreat. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That was profound for me. That's, that's been a profound, like, whoa. Yeah. Maybe we slow it down a little. Maybe we enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah. Well that, and that also just reminds me, I did a blog post recently talking about anticipation, leading up these things that we're so excited about and you get so amped up and it can roll itself into anxiety even. And this idea when we, when we are anticipating so much, or it's so big, or it's, it kind of becomes this ball of anxiety. And when you've got a lot of that and trying to juggle so many things, that's, I feel like when it, it kind of hits the fan, it's like, what do I even do? What do I even do now? But I, you're so right. You know, you you get to that point and there it went, there it was. Yeah. I mean, listen, by the time this airs, you will have launched your podcast. You will have gone through launch week. You will have launched those first few episodes. You will have launched maybe even a couple more. Mm. And it can be so tempting to go, oh, when I have, just when I have a podcast, then I'll, then I'll feel somewhere. When I have a book, then I'll feel somewhere. And what's cool is that we're having this conversation now. So I can say to you, savor it, take your time with it, soak in every minute of it, you know, because the women that I coach, like they're just, they're in this like breakneck speed to try to get to a certain price point and launch a new brand and speak here and speak there and, and, you know, launch a mastermind or whatever. Yeah. And I recognize those Lake Mead fish, that frantic, frenzied, frenetic energy where your heart is racing. And I know this for me, if it is part of the plan for my life and the purpose for my life, it doesn't feel like that. Yes. Oh, I love that. And we talked about that a little bit back in December when I was, we did our coaching day at your house. That was so good. And that was one of the things I know we talked about was just, and that, that comes to mind for me so much when I find myself in that frenetic energy, right? Like got to do deadlines. Like whose deadlines? I set my own stinking deadlines. Who put the, <laughs> why are you stressing yourself on your own deadlines? We do it so often. And I say it to my own coaching clients, like that's your self-imposed deadline. It's okay. It's okay. And I think just to allow that permission, you know, we would allow that grace for others. And so to allow it for ourselves, I think is so good. So I hear you in my head sometimes, Mary, when I get in that <laughs> that energy, I'm like, Mary, like made fish. Right, like made fish. Chill the heck out. Just turn around, girl. It's fine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Go yeah. swim around a little. You'll be okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So good. Okay. Well. I've got just a couple more questions as we're wrapping up here. Um, I want to hear a little more from Mary personally, because Mary has a whole lot going on. Um, there's the writing. And I know I've seen recently we're working on book three, which book I'm three. so jazzed about. <laughs> uh, so book three, working on coaching, as we've talked about, the photography business, which is a whole thing. Uh, we haven't even <laughs> talked about Poshmark, Poshmark, which yeah. 
you can talk about here in a second. And then your amazing husband and business partner, Justin, your beautiful dogs. Like there's (laughs) a lot going on over there, Mary. So I would love to hear what tools, what strategies, what have you found that's most helpful for you when you get into this managing of capacity mindset? What does that look like for you? Or um, if not that, just a way that you handle or get past that overwhelmed feeling. What does that look like for you? Well, first of all, so just so we don't leave people hanging, um, Poshmark is something we just kind of started for fun when I signed my book deals and I was, you know, in my writer's cave for (laughs) days on end. Justin said, you know, I think I'm going to like, we had seen some videos from uh, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk called Trash Talk, where he would go to like tag sales, yard sales, pick up stuff, you know, for a dollar and flip it on eBay. And Justin said, you know, I feel like I'd be really good at that. I think I'm going to start doing this. Uh, I think he did a little on eBay, but pretty quickly jumped to Poshmark and man, it just started taking off. And I started joining him with it because we really love building businesses together. And we just kind of said, Hey, like what, what could we make happen? It's now a six figure side hustle for us. Just unreal retail arbitrage, finding things and (laughs) flipping them online. So that's what that is. That's so Um, amazing. Yes. So this kind of comes back. I said earlier, you know, there are the places in our capacity where we need to learn to heal and trust ourselves and and prove to ourselves we're good stewards and and expand that capacity. And then I think there's elements of capacity where it's more about embracing how we were hardwired to be. And so I am, even though most people never guess this about me because I do love people and I especially love scenarios like this where we're having deep conversations. I I am though full-blown introvert. Mm-hmm. Full-blown introvert. Like that is how I recharge. Mm-hmm. And um I used to get really frustrated with that by like just how exhausting things like speaking I I love speaking from a stage. I come alive in a way I can't explain when I speak from a stage. But afterwards when I come off the stage and it's one after another after another even though I love that so much. I literally have fallen asleep sitting up in bed waiting for the, no, the, the delivery, what's that called? Room service had had risotto sitting in my lap and was sitting up straight up asleep. Like it's very (laughs) exhausting for me. And so, um, I used to get really frustrated by that. Like, oh man, if I was an extrovert, this would be so much easier. But as I've gotten older, I'm in my forties now. And and we were just talking, happy birthday. Welcome to the club. That's right. Big Uh, four (laughs) Oh, um, I really started to actually like not only embrace that, but love that about myself because, um, I've been reading a lot about like sensitive, you know, highly sensitive people. And we are, I'm a huge empath. I absorb other people's emotions like a sponge. I can like, without them saying a word, instantly know if something's going on. It is, it is a, uh, you know, a glorious burden to bear as it were, but but it's, you know, I've just really had to learn how to take care of the house plant that is Mary after things like that, right? So if we have a day of a full day of coaching or a retreat or speaking or a workshop, the day after, if not two days after is blocked off solid because we just know that's, that's what has to happen. And it's just a lot of not moving. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll try to physically move and take a walk or something like that, but like, it's a lot of just me and the dogs and sweatpants. You uh-huh. know? You're not Close taking coaching calls or deep coaching. diving into book writing or. Yeah. And yeah. it's just necessary. And so that means for every time I pour out, this is probably the biggest, most important thing besides 
embracing how you were created and it's not a weakness. There's a purpose to it. It's really saying, okay, if I am a person who only has a set number of days when she can pour it out like that a week or a month or a year, I have to then say, what is my highest, greatest contribution? It's from Essentialism, a book called Essentialism, my greatest, highest point of contribution. And that means I then start to say, am I best used spending a day like that speaking from a stage, a one-on-one coaching? Is it just writing books? What opportunities do I have to turn down, even though technically I could be a huge help because it's not my greatest, highest contribution? Mm -hmm. That's hard. That's hard. When you know you can help people, that's really hard. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I feel so much of that very deeply. I, uh, I'm i a very social introvert and didn't know that for a long time because I do love people. I just didn't know why I was so exhausted all the time. So I I get that. And the, the empath piece of it, feeling all the feels, it does take energy for all of that. So I love that you have figured out that. And then that word just jumped out at me of being intentional, right? It's not just going to happen. It's never, there will always be something that can fill that space, right? So to intentionally say, yes, I'm doing this big, great thing or this thing that takes my energy, I will decide that this day or the next two days, whatever it needs to be for you is quiet, is still, is whatever it needs to be Yeah, to recover. And I want to I want to add to that just because I want to really make that clear. Sometimes the answer will be coaching this one person is the greatest impact. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it will be speaking from the stage to many people. Sometimes it'll be like, you know, teaching something online, whatever the case is. For me, it is not always what has the most eyes on it. Sometimes it is like what is done in shadows, what it is, what is done in quiet places. Mm-hmm. Um, and each time you just kind of have to, you know, for me, that's praying through it and and just sort of saying like, where where am I being asked to be obedient? Where am I asked to be used? Um, and just it's it's hard because you do end up disappointing a lot of people, but you just know that if you don't measure, you know, do that in a measured way, you're going to crash and burn. And I've crashed and burned too many times, you know, to think that's not going to be the outcome. Yeah, you've learned. You've learned yeah. that lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always tell takes- people. I always tell people, listen, burnout is not, we think it's coasting to the side of the road because you've run out of gas. It is not. It is slamming into a brick wall 90 miles an hour and then the transmission falls out. It is a hard stop and a you know, sudden stop and a hard drop or whatever. Yes. And it is, it's brutal. And when you're in the depths of burnout, you feel like I may never come back from this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what we want to prevent pre- from people. So that's this, you know, the point of this conversation. We don't want listeners to get to that point. Or if you've come close or you feel close to that point, like let's hit the brakes, have a conversation. What does that look like? And I love you also spoke to something that we talk about a lot here in this community of just taking a hot second to identify who you are as God created you, your Mm -hmm. strengths, your skills, what does take and give energy? Like that's such a big piece of then knowing even what your capacity is or what you need in that way. So I love you spoke to that too. That's so good. Um, Okay. Last two questions. (laughs) Do you feel like, and you've spoken some to this, but do you feel like you're able to create breathing room in your 
daily life? Do you feel like that's something you're able to do? You know, I think it is, um, the short answer is yes, but the longer answer is yes, with a giant dose of grace for the season I'm in. Mm. So when we are running up to book release day, not so much, we're, we're doing some things. Luckily we, we live here, uh, on the water in Connecticut and there's a nice seawall we can walk on right outside our door. And so it's gorgeous. You guys, it's like the most beautiful, like, let's just take a walk in the most beautiful setting. <laughs> it's so nice. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. And it's, it's a really great, there are no excuses for not taking that kind of a break, you know? Um, but yeah, when we're in like, you know, 12 hour, 15 hour a day, launch week is a month away. Launch week is two weeks away. Launch days, you know, two weeks away. Um, I, I am a lot more patient with myself of like, yeah, this probably isn't like a super balanced schedule. You know, some life guru would not be thrilled with me. (laughs) But I know it's not forever, right? We, Mm -hmm. we're, we're going to go hard. We're going to go hard leading up to launch. We're going to go hard for a solid two to three months after Then we're going to intentionally slow it back down. Yeah. There's that word again. There's that word, that intentional. Yeah. I love it. That's so good. The awareness, the grace, the intentionality. Yeah. So good. All right. Um, I would love to hear just a book, which always picking one is so hard. I don't know how people pick just one thing, but just if there is a book or a podcast that you would recommend to our listeners mm-hmm. other than your own, because obviously those are like, <laughs> duh, you guys, all of it, the the podcast, the books, all of them are amazing, but one outside of yours, mm-hmm. yeah, what would it be? Sure. The number one uh, book that's coming to mind is from my favorite author, Shauna Nequist, uh, Present Over Perfect. Oh, it's and so good. Yes. So good. And there is this line. Oh, I'm just going to, It's I, I need to just memorize it word for word so I can <laughs> spout it off. But here's, here's the gist of it. She says, it's like I am flying down the road 100 miles an hour. My hair's on fire. I'm doing all the things. You know, all of this stuff is coming at me. I'm, I pull, I race into the 7-Eleven parking lot, run inside, put my head under the slurp, slurpy, slushy, whatever yeah. machine. The red sauce is dripping down my face and I get back in the car and, and keep going 100 miles an hour again. And she said, and all I want is one real strawberry. Mm. And I feel that on like a visceral mitochondrial <laughs> level because it's fast and it's artificial and it's busy for the sake of busy and it's out of control and you don't feel like you have a choice in it and you just got to keep going and it's messy and it's it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel nourishing. And all you want is to savor one sweet strawberry. And she talks about in that book that she feels like a switch get got flipped somewhere along the line. And all of the, you know, essentially like the bootstraps broke, the picking herself back up, the the heavyweight, the showing how capable she is. Something broke, she said, and she's not going back. And I, um, I had her on my show last year, which was just like, you know, high point of my life. And she said that she was talking about like having conversations with her publisher. And she said, we can do it fast or we can do it right. We Mm. can do it fast or we can do it out of love. She said, but here's the thing. I'm not doing anything anymore that feels like competition or striving or trying to prove anything to anyone. Mm -hmm. And she said, so if you want to book with me. There's only one option. And I was just like, 
Get it, girl. You know, like slow because it's true. Feel, you know, swap the words publisher and book for anything else in life. Yeah. Like if you want this from me, you want me to bring this into the world. It can't be out of any of these motivations. So that's my recommendation. I love that. I was going to say, if you know, like the page number, I can straight pull it off the shelf, right? <laughs> Just oh, read it. It's so good. We could probably Google it and bring it up. It's if so you good. Google Sean and Equus, One Real Strawberry, it will for sure come up. I we, I may have to include <laughs> that in, as we wrap up at the end here. I love that book. She's so good. I know that that honest, real just out for the world. That is what I am here for. A hundred percent. Just that open vulnerability makes all the difference. I love that. Okay. Mary, what a joy. Thank you so much. First guest on the Create Some Breathing Room podcast. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Thanks Where can so much people for find me. you? Where can we find you, Mary? Yeah, I say the uh, best place to go, like the hub to start is just marymorantz.com, M-A-R-Y-M-A-R-A-N-T-Z.com. And from there, you will easily be able to click over to the two books, Dirt and Slow Growth Equals Strong Roots, the podcast, the blog with all the show notes of recent episodes, my speaking page, things like that. Um, You can make sure you take that quiz, achieverquiz.com or marymorantz.com slash quiz. Both will get you there. And then it's just at Mary Marie's on Instagram and come over and send me a DM afterwards. Let me know which type you got. On the yes. Do you guys listen? I, you know, it's one of those things where people say like, come DM me on Instagram and you think <laughs> they are never going to read that or their assistant's <laughs> going to read it. They're not going to, y'all Mary's going to read it and she's going to message you back. <laughs> That's okay. Right. That's right. I am. Yes. yes. And I I'm introverting. Yeah. I listen. I, those are the conversations that are not as difficult to do, right? In, in your PJs on the couch. I love it. I love connecting on Instagram. So thank you for this today. This has been a beautiful conversation. Um, you guys make sure and go find Mary. She posts the most beautiful things and you will be so glad you did. So thanks, Mary. We'll talk thank again you. soon. Yeah. How amazing was that conversation with Mary Morantz? I'm so thankful that she was able to join us and talk about this idea of managing our capacity versus all the things we're trying to achieve. I don't know about you, but I have gained so much just from this one conversation. And if you didn't know Mary before, you do now. You know how much you need her in your life, and you've got lots of resources to get. So, I always want to recap when we finish up these episodes, make sure you've got something to take away. So here's the main thing I want to make sure you remember today. Trying to achieve too much too quickly is always going to lead to a life that exceeds your capacity every single time. So knowing yourself, knowing your goals, and knowing your personal capacity is key to leading that life that you love and being able to create some breathing room for yourself. All right, guys, if this content was helpful for you, there are two things you can do that are really going to support this podcast. First thing, hit that follow or subscribe button. And secondly, screenshot this episode while you're on it. Share it to your Instagram stories so others know that you enjoyed it. Make sure you tag me at rachel.d.com 
Baker. And don't forget to tag Mary at Mary Morantz. And that way we can connect with you. Like we said, legit in the DMs, we like connecting with people. So make sure you do that. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to check the show notes to get links for all the resources mentioned in this episode. As always, your reviews make such a difference. So thank you for taking the time to leave those for us. Your ratings and thoughts mean so much. I love reading each and every one. As we wrap up today, please remember, life can feel crazy and overwhelming sometimes, but you will never regret taking the time to create some breathing room.